Welcome back to the Big Red Hunters podcast. We want to start by saying thank you so much, listeners, for taking the time out of your day to listen to this. We also want to say thank you to our sponsors who provide so much support for us. If you manage to kill that dream whitetail buck or maybe that bull sprig, check out Whitetail Classics Taxidermy, owned by Jody Schultz out of Louisville, Nebraska. Basically can put together whatever you can dream up. So check them out at whitetailclassicstaxidermy.com or his Facebook and if you want to talk to him today or book something, call him at 402-630-0031. Next up is Spores Wet Basement Solutions. Their services include water damage and crack repairs, landscaping, concrete driveways, grading, and more. Their recommendations provide solutions that are a long-term and not temporary fix. They do it right the first time. If you want additional information, you can check out spores.com or contact them at 402-476-8588. If you're like me and like to drive your wife nuts every season with a new duck or goose, call right, baby. Yep. Pretty much. Call, uh, check out B. Hoover Custom Calls. Brent Hoover out of North Pot, Nebraska is one of the best that comes around. He actually uh, got second at Best of Show at NWTF Nationals. Awesome guy. Personal friend of the family. Actually helped my dad harvest his bull elk. He specializes in wood, duck, and goose calls, turkey pots, dog whistles, and shotgun shell teal whistles. Awesome guy. Check him out at behoovercustomcalls.com. If your vehicle gets disgusting like my husband does during hunting season, (laughs) check out Dirty Devil Detailing. They do interior and exterior detailing as well as headlight restoration and more. They also are certified in glass transparency and take anything from vehicles, boats, jet skis, ATVs, and motorcycles. The devil is truly in the detailing. They're located in Omaha, Nebraska, and if you want additional information, check them out on dirtydevildetailing.com. If you're like me and have taken a few L's here this early season and pretty much (laughs) (laughs) if you're like me and taking some L's and you really want that perfect hunt with the buddies and just get out there and enjoy what's going on and have to worry about anything, check out the other guys outfitters. They do an incredible job of uh, dry field duck and goose hunts. You can check out their pile picks on Facebook. And if you're wanting to book a hunt today, call Crager at 308. 637-7777. If you're needing some professional photography done, check out My Business Faithful Images. Our mission is to faithfully capture images of God's creation in time that will one day serve as a memory. We do anything from infants, couples, families, seniors, weddings, announcements, and more. Check it out at faithfulimages.org or on Instagram and Facebook. If you're ever sitting there during COVID and thought to yourself, I really need to get on that dream hunt. I don't know. What what's going to happen in life, but I need to get in that dream hunt. Check out Chaku Peru. He does hunts in U.S., South America, and Europe. If you've seen some of his pics or videos, if you haven't, jump on his Facebook or Instagram. Has some incredible hunts and does some incredible things. Uh, check him out at chakuperu.com for more details. Our last sponsor is Redbeard's Custom Calls. They specialize in acrylic duck and goose calls. Andrew made me one of the a one-of-a-kind marble white and hot pink dunk call. It sounds incredible. It looks amazing. If you want more information, check it out on Facebook. All right, guys. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for the support, and let's go ahead and jump in the podcast.
Welcome back to the Big Red Hunters podcast. It's Hunter and my co-host, Jeremy. How you doing, Jeremy? Doing pretty good. It's almost Christmas. Uh, that's why I got moonshine and Bud Light. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shouldn't you be more happy that Christmas is almost here? No, not really, because it takes like three days I'm on a, out of my goose hunting, so. Yeah, no. No, for real, though. I just like, <laughs> I looked at my... My weekends like oh Friday Christmas Eve crap, oh uh, Saturday Christmas crap, oh Sunday another family Christmas crap. It's like <laughs> I I told you this, but sorry, babe. If you're listening to this, you could probably be angry again. <laughs> <laughs> but on a serious note, you probably could be angry again because I'm going hunting on Sunday. I just haven't told you yet, so. <laughs> I'm, that's why I get the moonshine out, and I'm probably be sleeping on the couch. It's all right. I told, my, my, I, told, my, I told my mom I was going to go deer hunting on Christmas in the afternoon because yeah. one family is Friday, one family is Sunday. So I was like, all right, well, we're going to go try and kill a deer with the muzzleloader. Oh, yeah, because your dad hasn't got one yet. Yeah. I'm, he needs to get one. I am trying so hard. <laughs> it, it literally is painful to me. I feel so bad for him, but... He'll get one. Yeah, he'll get one. It's just a matter of time and actually getting him to sit in the right spots with me, probably. I told, I literally told him, I was like, you're not sitting with anybody but me at this point. I think what we, like, I hate to say this, but he, like, it would be so much easier and it would be super helpful. And it, I hate to say this, but, like, he needs to, he needs snow. Like, snow would be the perfect, like, I don't know, reactant in order I, for him to get a deer. Yeah. And Not I'm, to say like he couldn't without, I just think the snow would be a huge oh, help. I a hundred percent agree. I've been hoping we would get some before the end of December so that I, cause I am pretty much at this point in the year, just checking new areas, trying to find new properties, but it's been so dry and cold, cold enough that, uh, the ground is hard, so fresh yeah. sign is non-existent, or being able to tell fresh sign. But he, we could use some snow, and of course, tomorrow and Saturday it's supposed to be sixty degrees. I know. It's I was so looking gross. at that. I was like, <laughs> "How am I supposed to hunt Canada geese when it's sixty degrees right? out?" Yeah, I. They all get up at like four forty, four fifty, and it's like, okay, yeah, no, cool. It's, it's been a mess this year on. Every level at this point. It, I I am pretty excited. We do have a feed next to a field we can hunt. We did shoot a few the other day, but it, they got up so late that, like, we had one flock yeah. that came in, and that was, like, then the ending of shooting time was over. It's like, well, it was nice. It was fun while it lasted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was talking to my buddy, though. He said that... Was it last night he called me? Yeah, last night he called me and said that he was scouting. And most of those geese went this field. There's a few that went this other field. And he didn't know who was hunting it, but they shot like 20 minutes after shooting time. Really? Yeah. And like, Jared, he like knows majority of the people in the area. And like, he knew kind of the area and called like, he basically, he'd called one of the the family members of the landowner and said, Hey, yeah. like I'm not trying to like get anybody trouble, but he's like, I'm not calling in. I just like wanted to tell you so you could like at least tell those guys, Hey, probably not a good idea. Cause like, yeah. we don't want, you know, we 
nobody likes game wardens out and about in the area. Yeah. Like, it's just, hey, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to say any more about that. Just no one, no one loves to see a game worn walk up and be like, hey, can I yeah. take your stuff? It's like, everybody gets kind of nervous about that, even if you don't have anything that you're doing Well, wrong. it's it's the what if of like, oh, yeah, if you clean your gun religiously, what if I forgot to put my plug back in? You know? Yeah. What if, because, I mean, you would experience this. I mean, you pheasant hunt enough. You probably have lead shot sitting around. Yeah. I mean, what if an accidental shell with lead and it got put in your bag or something like that's that. why like i quit i i've ever fully, since I, i've moved to steel like, ever since that i went to south dakota like that couple of times i i just can't be that guy because that happened to one of my buddy like really? one of my clients mm-hmm. so he hunts pheasant salt and that's actually who i went with on sunday yeah i think we ended up shooting like six but he was out pheasant hunting the day before mm-hmm. and then he went and hunted so the spot that I fell in the river, that public spot, yeah. he was there. Really? And all the game, the federal guys all got in one truck and all went to all the blinds and was going through all of his stuff. Everybody's checked. Everybody's good. And then, like, he had one shell in his pocket up oh, here. Oh, no. In one of his hunting coats. Patted it, pulled out the shell, and it was like a two and three quarter 20-gauge shell. Ugh. And he was shooting a 10-gauge shotgun. And they tried, like, they wrote him, like, uh... So they they wrote him a ticket. They went to court and like he brought it to the judge and went to court. Yeah. And the judge threw it out, which it worked out yeah. for him. But like, it's just one of those things. Like, come on. It's hard because they they have to do that because they don't know. Yeah. I mean, well, the hard part is like nobody in the blind was shooting a twenty gauge. That would be the only tough part of that for me. But. Yeah. I mean, I've heard of people leaving guns on the grass. I mean, not saying that your buddy does that. I'm just yeah. saying, like, people do crazy things to try and get away with stuff. But I that's my worry. I straight up, I don't have any lead in my house except for I have a single shot 20 gauge. Yeah. And I have some lead, but I'm, I'm actually honestly afraid to use any of it because all I hunt is public land. Yeah. And, it, I mean, it's four shot, and I would use it for pheasants and I use it for turkeys sometimes, but yeah, I just too afraid to use it. Yeah, because like when it comes to turkeys, especially, there's like some gray areas as to the non-toxic shot aspect of hunting them. Yeah, I got I've gotten to where it's like what my plan is, depending on how goose season goes. I plan on like I mostly shoot steel but sometimes you get into those light seasoned roosters that are pretty mm-hmm. pretty rough and so i normally bring some i like this year i brought some boss with me yeah like i grabbed like six shells and i was like well they're really hard to bring down like or i just can't hit anything yeah <laughs> i'll bring boss and that'll do the trick <laughs> but like yeah i just don't i i'm surprised that they even allow lead anymore now with bismuth and they basically titanium and stuff the problem is they basically don't yeah, I mean it. Pr- I private land uh, pheasants yeah, is about it. Private land pheasants again, the gray area aspect of turkeys. But even then, pretty much everything that is turkey at this point for loads is copper plated. Yeah, and so they're again kind of a gray area. Is it technically non toxic? And I look all over the place a lot of times, and there's no at least in the state of Nebraska, there's no definitive as to. Whether that's toxic or not. Yeah. Which, I'm, I don't know. 
But so yeah. Oh well. Oh well. But it's been I don't know, it's been a crappy couple of weeks, but the weather's about to turn and I'm really excited. But okay, let's get to the topic. <laughs> We've I don't know went about already, but uh so today we're gonna talk about since it's twenty we're going into twenty twenty two, it's kind of the year or two. We're just gonna talk about two wins, two losses, and then two goals we have for the upcoming season. So we could start out on the low end and then continue to rise. We're gonna we're gonna start with the two losses of this year. So Jeremy two losses of yeah, this year. What's your first loss? <sighs> My first loss this year has to be I ha- I really haven't talked about it yet at all as we just got back from it. Oh Elk no. Hunting, Elk hunting was a disaster this year. I have on, I have not even talked to you about uh, it. Yeah, on, no, I saw your story, but that on ev- on every front, elk hunting was disaster. My uncle had a rough time in Nebraska this year. He hit one and we never found it. Um he's a very new hunter, so it kind of affected him a touch. Colorado, I was there the for the entire first season of rifle. I saw one elk. Heard very few shot it, shots around me. <clears throat> Wyoming, late season tag. Usually there's elk in the area by the end of November. Nah, didn't Ugh. see a single elk. Um, it was it was horrible. <laughs> I've been on three elk hunts in my life where I have had a tag in my pocket. I've seen one elk. I'm gonna drink to that one. <laughs> yeah, I, it's brutal. Like, and see, the thing is, is like the unit when we pulled the tag in Wyoming, the unit we were told was really, really tough. Um, but when I got there, we went to the game and parks. So I was like, hey, you know, yep. asked a lot of questions, got a lot of great information, got told basically where to go, and they were like, usually there's elk here, but kind of the story of the entire season across the country for just about everyone, whether you're duck hunting, deer hunting, elk hunting, turkey hunting, it doesn't really matter. It has been warm, like extremely warm. And, yep. you know, whether you want to chalk it up to climate change or just an oddly warm year, you know, everybody has their opinions. But it has certainly affected the hunting across the board in many, many states. And, yeah, I literally walked into the game in parks. I was like, hey, can I get information about this unit? And we're elk hunting. And she was like, oh, there's no elk. (laughs) That's all she said? No, that's not all she said. But that's literally how she started. I was like, hey, we have questions about elk hunting. And she was like, the unit that we were in. And I was like, yeah. And she was like, oh, yeah, there's no elk. (laughs) I was like, I thought so because we had already driven around for a whole day. Just think. Let, let Spend me, all the time, the money, the effort to go out there. Yeah, there's no elk. Let me put it this way. We drove 400 miles looking for elk. I'll drink that. Yeah. 1.2 million acres in the unit that we were hunting of public land. No elk. No elk. I mean, there's elk there. They're just the elk that were there are were residentials, and there's you know a very little amount of private in the unit and they sit on the private because they're residentials and they figure out where to go and you got to wait until the migration gets down there. But yeah, so my first woe or miss or disappointment of the season of 2021 uh, definitely has to be elk hunting a hundred percent. And 
even in that whole statement, I learned a lot about elk hunting this year. Yeah. Um, I even, Wyoming, we learned a lot of things about antelope hunting, a lot of things about mule deer. Uh, we saw some absolute giant mule deer um, in Wyoming. I I mean, I saw more than a dozen bucks that I would shoot any day of my life. Yeah. Um, and we're tentatively trying to plan a trip for deer hunting next year. Um, can't really decide. Charles got a wedding. You know, we've been talking about going to South Dakota. So th- I've got some other plans up in the air right now, but it's it's something that we're thinking about for the future for sure. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm sorry, buddy. It's okay. It really, like, again, it's okay. I just... It's okay as he cries a little bit. Well, like, I, I didn't... <laughs> I, I didn't, like, cry or anything about it. Like, I'm... I'm a, a soft dude i'm not a i'm not afraid to admit that but i literally on like day three of the hunt i kind of just looked over at my dad and i was i again that's basically what i've been saying the whole trip is i've been on three elk hunts in my life where i have a tag in my pocket um and i've seen one elk one elk. and i just was like well i ever actually get to shoot an elk i'm putting all this work in in colorado i put in 40 miles of back country yeah um looking for elk in a very short period of time. Um, and like I said, Wyoming, we drove 400 miles looking for elk throughout the unit. We had a fantastic time. We really did. And we, you know, were able to joke around and hang out. Um, but it just wasn't meant to be this year. Um, I do know where I want to pull tags from now in the future. I also may just bite the bullet and wait until I pull a tag in Nebraska before I go elk hunting. Cause I could, cause I also joked about how Terrell, <laughs> Terrell has elk hunted for an hour and a half <laughs> be and shot an elk. So, <laughs> um, it just, you know, Nebraska is a little bit of a different animal versus some of these other States. Yeah. Especially if you can gain the right permission. Yeah, absolutely. But, so it taught me a lot, but it definitely, it stung. It's it stung quite a bit. Sorry, especially buddy. especially stung the wallet. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah, but let's go, Brandon. Yeah, right. Gas money. Well, I, don't know. I filled up my truck today, and it was two ninety four at the like gas station, uh-huh. and that's a that's the lowest I've seen it in town. And like, I got excited. Yeah, it's like that's sad. It, yeah, right. <laughs> well, I I saw you know a meme where it's like everybody talking about how. Biden doesn't control uh, gas prices. Gas prices come down 10 cents, and it's like, thank you, Mr. President. Right. <laughs> it's like, come on. But uh, you'll, you'll, 355 in Grable, Wyoming. <laughs> it was awful. <laughs> I It cost me $70 for a half a tank in my dad's truck. <laughs> I was like, oh. oh. <laughs> Yeah, no, it was. I want to call it. I'm going to call that your second loss. Just kidding. yeah, no, I, it was bad. <laughs> All right, so my first loss. I had something in mind when you were talking, and then I lost it. Oh, there it is. Found it. All right, so you know, normally when you think to yourself, "I'm going to lease out some land because it's going to give me more <laughs> opportunity." No. (laughs) I spent $1,500 this year on two different leases. And of those times, 
guess how many times I hunted those leases? Twice. Two spots. I only hunted each spot once. And of those two spots, guess how many birds I killed? I think like three. Three, maybe? Yeah. No, I mean, as a group, we killed one in one spot. And then I think we killed three on the other spot. So $1,500 later, I have three three birds to show for as a group. Yeah. So uh, that that was a huge... <laughs> That's a huge loss. Obviously, putting in the time finding them. The one lease I think is going to work out for Snow Goose because it did last year. Like, it's, I really do think it will be good. And it's the thing is, like, I don't know that anybody out that way did well, nor did I think anybody out the other direction did very well. So it's just, yeah, it's but- just, it was this year. I don't necessarily blame it on the leases. The one, more than likely, I won't do. The one I for sure won't do, mm-hmm. but the nice part is the second one that I absolutely won't do, I did find another spot out that way that I think we're going to get into um, next year that could, that could create some real good opportunity. Everything I, you keep telling me about that spot, I mean. Yeah. I mean, I there is not a time that I have not seen a significant amount of ducks. Yeah, and that says a lot with the season that we had. Yeah. Like, and the water, like the water mm-hmm. volume. Yeah. So, like, I, I'm i hoping that um, Brad's a part of it, too. I think if Brad and I get into it, like, this spring, summertime, we can go build, like, a nice blind that's really grassed in and it looks great. And, like, I really think they could create some good opportunity. So, that that was probably it's – a, it's a loss and a potential win. In the future, I think yeah. I see. I think it's hard with these losses that we have because at, at in some aspect of the loss there is still a gain. Yeah, um, which I think is important. If you're if you're not gaining from your losses, you're not yeah. looking at your losses correctly. Yeah, but yeah, I mean your situation is the perfect example why I have a hard time with waterfowl leases. Yeah, because you can get. I mean, if you want a waterfowl lease, especially in Nebraska, it's now becoming so competitive to get leases. You gotta get into them relatively early. Yeah, but you don't know what your water's gonna look like by the time September and October and the rest of the season comes around, and that's why it's difficult for me. But there again, what you gonna do? Yeah, what are you gonna do? There is another pond that. I would be willing to. I don't think you would. But the thing about leases is, and a lot of people, the reason they get into them is because it, it you pay, but it's consistent hunting. Yeah. A lot of public spots are inconsistent. You can have a lot of great success, and they could be really crappy. But yet again, in, in most of the lease spots, like that's how most all hunting spots are, at least yeah. in eastern Nebraska. You know, and so... Are there spots in Nebraska that are in certain areas that can be pretty consistent? Yeah, and they are willing to. There are, um, they're worth leasing out. It just wasn't that spot, and it didn't work out. So that's okay. Yeah. So loss number two. Loss number two. I got the second one. If you're not ready. Uh, yeah, why don't you go with your okay. second one? I'm kind of wavering between two. My second loss was I 
I tend to do this every year, and it's always just like a, a, a spot in each year that does it, is that, you know, I'll admit it, like, it gets to the point where you get, like, really slow, and you start to doubt, like, you're, and everybody, like, even Brad talked about this on, like, deer, like, you start to have, like, little to none, six, zero success, and you struggle, and, like, you look at yourself as, I'm a, say, like, a veteran hunter, or I'm a good hunter, or like, I put the time and the effort in, mm-hmm. and when, like, you have no success, you start to look at yourself, and you're like, what am I doing wrong? Am yeah. I not a good hunter? You like, start to lose that motivation. Hit my, is, is my decision-making skills bad? Like, what am I doing wrong? Yeah. And, like, is there situations where you are doing stuff wrong? Yeah. Like, but majority of the time, it's like you can put out 1,500 decoys and couldn't get a, a mallard in that spot, or you could put two and you might get a, you know, yeah. a flock of 100 mallards in that spot. Like, there's just some days and some ways it just doesn't work out. And, like, Eastern Nebraska this year, you could chalk it up to, like, and I was talking about this, about the season split on our last episode, episode 32, and it's like, hey, I was talking to a, a guy named Drew about it, and he was like, you know, he just we had a good migration in late October. And guess mm-hmm. what? Like, we we hammered them. We cr- I mean, we even, crushed even you and me, la- yeah. last week of October, first week of November, we did really well. Yeah, but then again, like, it just, they moved on, mm-hmm. gone. You yeah. know, it's just like... You look around, and is there some certain guys in certain areas that did pretty well in that time frame? Yeah, but majority of the state, like, there wasn't much going on. And, I, like, this whole season period between eastern Nebraska, the entire state, and what seasons are still going and not going anymore, I can only think of about three or four people I know that I consistently see killing ducks, like, that have had good seasons. And don't get me wrong... They put in a lot of work to get those birds, but I, there's a lot of other people putting in work around them too. Yep. And like I, I know that we, we definitely put our fair share in this year. Yep. I will piggyback off that a touch, and not for my second one, but just to kind of add to it. When I, I certainly get this way because I feel the same way you do. You know, was I doing anything wrong? Yeah. I will say that because of how the season went and like how quickly we would have birds and lose birds and then how slow it got in November and the end of the season. I mean, really. I lost motivation. I really did hard. And I know you lost motivation too. Like, I mean, that last duck hunt we went on, we basically had to like hype each other up just to go so I could water swat a hen mallard. (laughs) Yeah. And then, okay, if this isn't, like, an imagery of our season, 8.30, I'm freezing. We water swatted a hen that had been floating around for, like, an hour and a half. Floated into our decoys for, like, 10 minutes before shooting time. Floated out five minutes before. Decided to swim all the way back to our decoys and hang out for another five minutes. And I looked at Jeremy, like, are you going to shoot her or what? (laughs) Well, we had a couple geese that were, like, I... I don't know that I want to say they were working us, but they were like they were looking at us. They were looking at us, and I was like, "Man, I almost would rather shoot the geese." Yeah. And then they just hauled across the lake, so I was like, "Ah." So then to finish this whole thing, 
It's like 8.39. I'm freezing. I'm like, screw it. I want to get out of here. Like, let's leave. We get all the decoys picked up, and I hear Jeremy's like, get down, get down. So I get down, and I think he was just jacking with me. And he, like, kind of, I don't know if you were calling or if you, like, I could watch your eyes, and I knew you were watching a duck at that point. Yeah. My gun's way over there. Like, your gun was over by me, and you're like, there's a there's a trick behind you. And I'm like, looked around, and it. if I had been, like, looking or could see it, if I had had I my, yeah, if, if you had a gun, you could have shot it. Yeah, like if I had had my gun in my hand, but like we had set our guns next to each other because we were picking up the decoys, and yeah. of course I literally walked back to the blind to grab my blind bag and whatnot to you know leave. But what Hunter also doesn't want to tell about that whole story is the fact that at eight thirty we were like, all right. Should we stay till nine or should we leave right now? And Hunter Hunter goes, All right. Ugh. We'll rock, paper, scissors for it. Uh if you win, we'll stay till nine. I won. And he, <laughs> if he won, we'll leave. <laughs> and he won. And that bird literally showed up at nine o'clock on the dot. I looked at my phone. I was like, yep. ah, that is painful. <laughs> yep. Probably banded too. Yeah, probably hey. More than likely. I mean, I know somebody that shot a band in there this year for a duck, not just geese. Boo. That broke my heart, yeah. But was that uh, was that your second loss then? No, that wasn't my second loss. My my second loss is one that I really haven't talked about a whole lot that as I go into next year, like I'm already planning for really hardcore. Um, back in late winter, early spring, I had a lot of personal issues going on and it took away from turkey hunting i regret that i really really do now i had to step away from hunting to figure out all those issues you know what happened everything but um i regret that like i there there's very few days that i look back and you know i let those things affect me yeah to the point that i quit hunting like I, I couldn't stomach hunting which says a lot about what was going on in my life but i see that as a loss because I love turkey hunting. Turkey hunting, like, I always say it, it's a really, really good thing that it lands. Like, the best turkey hunting is in the spring versus the fall because if it was in the fall, I wouldn't know what to do with myself. Like, yeah. I already like I already struggle with that. I love duck hunting. I love deer hunting. And, like, obviously this year I spent a lot of time elk hunting as well, which I really enjoy. But if I threw turkey hunting in the mix, I would get, I, oh, my goodness, my brain would be mush. I wouldn't know what to do. But, so I regret that. I needed to step away, but, like, I had a lot of really cool plans that I was trying to work to go turkey hunting, and I still managed to shoot one. And the other aspect of it that I regret is that everyone around me really wanted to go. Mm. And because of what was going on in my life, I kind of, like, I'm the dude that in my group that knows how to do everything. Yeah. And like not not even disrespectful towards my dad. I love my dad, but like I've learned so much over the years from YouTube and doing it and going out that like my knowledge has even surpassed him at yeah. times. And so like he'll ask me questions on how to do things, but because I wasn't interested in going he he wouldn't go. Terrell wouldn't go. You know, the one hunt that I did get both of them out for my, we went around my dad's birthday 
of course the bird walks right down the trail to me which you know i didn't feel bad about that but i did go man i wish somebody else had shot that bird but so i regret that and i'm super pumped for this next spring yeah um because of that i mean i could have picked just the loss of this duck season and it would be an honorable mention but at the same in the same breath about that what a good season for me for a duck season to be slow because it I had so many other like out-of-state plans um I will say that when I was in Colorado I know that Noah crushed the ducks at our honey hole um when that literally the weekend that I was gone elk hunting December? Pre- no, October when I was oh, in Colorado. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I was thinking Wyoming, not oh, sorry. Colorado. But yeah. yeah, when I was in Colorado, literally that weekend to the end of October, there were birds in there consistent. Well, I, we had, it was like a week or two before that was like the first time I went out there with you, and I wasn't going to go out there without you. So, like, that's why I hunted out west farther. Well, and you, you and Brad shot some ducks while I was gone. Yeah, And then, of course, we came back and we went west with Jared, which knowing what had happened in that area for October, I would have stayed on the eastern side of Nebraska. I enjoyed hunting with Jared, but man, we had had such a, we had a fun time, but it was was, a grind. It was a grind. Um, (laughs) So 2021, the year of the grind. Honestly, it was a, a lot of grind for not a whole lot of results, which sucks. But yeah. it's not the first year I've had that happen to me. True that. <clears throat> when it comes to waterfowl, it's just part of living on eastern in eastern Nebraska, especially southeast Nebraska. Yeah. Um, All right, so transition from the crap to the good stuff. I'll start it off. Quick one. I shot my first freaking band. Yeah, that's a big win for me. So it's been something that just, I don't know that I've really put that much care about. I've been excited for the day for it to happen. Yeah, It was just one of those situations where it worked out. It's great. I'm very happy. Like the biggest thing for me on that band was the fact that I shot it. I know I shot it. No one else shot. Mm -hmm. Like it's my band. And the other part of it is, it's from North Dakota, uh, and I get to rub that in your face uh, every time we talk about it. So, every time that you get a band out there, you'll look at it and just know, I <laughs> I got the one from North Dakota. <laughs> I, I literally just keep hoping and hoping I'll shoot one from somewhere else. Because, like, all, I mean, all these bands that we shoot are locals. Um, I, just, I just happen to know an area that, they come in, and you know I've got them patterned over the last few years. I've learned how to kill them really, yeah, really easily. Especially if you get in there early season, and you just wait them out. I mean, you just got to sit until they come in. But yep. I've I've in the last two years I've shot six or seven out of there, <laughs> and all of them local local birds. <laughs> Man, I still, when you called me to tell me, hey, so I just checked my van. It's from North Dakota. I was scrambling because <laughs> we shot a two-pack, and, like, his was banded and mine was banded. So I, like, you know, sweet opportunity. I just assumed they were both locals. And yeah. 
even the one from North Dakota, with the age of it and when that group of birds showed up, I think it's the original bird because I've been seeing those geese in that area for the better part of four, three or four years, but I've never really tried to get into hunting them and shooting them until last year. But so like he told me he shot one from North Dakota and I just started scrambling. Like I hadn't checked mine yet. Um, it was still sitting in my truck actually. And like <laughs> we're on the phone and I'm like typing everything. And I was like, Oh, wouldn't this just be awesome if two Northern birds found their way down to Nebraska and like, yep. we just happened to like be in the right place at the right time. And it's like, nah, banded like three or four miles down the road. And I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I was so bummed out, but at the same time, I was super pumped for you. Like, <laughs> it's a win. I, I take could, a win. I couldn't believe it with how many geese you guys shoot when you told me you'd never shot a band or like confirmed shot a band. You said you've been a part of a couple, but I just was like, all right, we're going to change that. Going into season, like early season, it was almost a joke between me and Hunter. Yeah. I was like, he's like, yeah, I've never shot a band. And I was like, don't worry, we'll fix that. And sure enough, opening day of goose season here on eastern Nebraska, like oh, I I the group out there kills probably three bands a year. Like yeah. on I would say on average they kill three bands a year and I've just, it's just never my time to shine, yeah, I right. guess. Usually Jared gets one each year. Pappy finally so like talking about my like how long it took me to get one, mm-hmm. it was I'm almost sure it was his 60th birthday. Yeah. On his 60th birthday last year, he finally killed his first band. Uh. And that guy, I mean, they grew up in Mississippi. Like, oh, wow. Dude, like, they back in the good old days, like, Mississippi used to get all the birds. Yeah. Like, he used to kill loads. And he, like, had never killed a band of all that time. Uh, like, that would yeah. Be painful. Like, he deserved it. So, like, I mean, it it just was, it worked out, and I was happy it did. Now, I will say, the one thing that is a, is a bummer uh, about that whole uh, hunt that day is that that's the day that Noah shot that duck band in there. <laughs> Wasn't it Green Wing? It was a Green Wing, yeah. Yeah. Okay, but I've never shot a duck band. I've, I, I'm, working on, I'm working on double digits for goose bands at this point. I've never shot a duck band, and I've hunted that place. I don't know. I feel like if I wanted, like, if I got my first duck band, I hate to say this because someone's going to get mad, but, like, <laughs> if I shot my first duck band and it's a teal, I'm just going to be like, oh, this is great, but, like, it's not a mallard, a widgeon, or preferably a spoonie. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, like, I would... I would be very happy, but I feel like I'd be more excited with a bigger duck. I have, this has kind of always been my opinion, that if I shoot a duck band, it could be the most eclipsed, ugliest looking duck, whatever, and even if I had to pay extra because of all the pin feathers that's going on the wall. Really? Doesn't matter the duck. Blue wing teal? Does not. Doesn't matter the duck. It's going to be a hen blue wing teal. I wouldn't, dude, I wouldn't nice even care. Nice and ugly with I'd, a blunt, he's... Well, it's probably going to be a broken wing. Probably. I'll probably split the thing in half. <laughs> and I'm, you know what I'm going to do? That would be the only way. Obviously, if it was super destroyed. Like, I felt bad for Brad about that bluebill. Like, because yeah. he kind of destroyed the back of it. 
but I mean, it could be an ugly duck, but I'm going to do, if, if it's an ugly duck, I'm just going to do one of those mounts where it's sitting there like scratching its head with the leg, with the band on it. I think that'd be a sweet mount. It doesn't matter the duck to me. Yeah. Just because of like it, it's just so much rare. Yeah, I would say du- it's ducks are so much more inconsistent yeah. as to what they're gonna do each year. And like the other thing is, I mean, we get a heck of a lot more um, local geese. Like local geese are very much a thing. So like, yeah. And our area just bans the crap out of them. Apparently, well, there's that one there, that area, and there is an area that we shoot them in. Like with those guys, like there's you get them once in a while, but like there's definitely a lot in that area that can be like that they they banned a lot of them there. And then there's another banding site farther down that they come from too. So there's actually a lot of banding sites around there. I'm really surprised that we don't kill more, but we usually kill three or four a year. Well, and I think that I think that's why we kill so many in that spot because uh, there's I've got. I'd have to look through the bands again. I know I've got three spots for sure that I've that of where they've been banded at. Yeah, and uh, well, North Dakota would be the fourth, but <laughs> so. So yeah, what's your uh, first win for the season? My first win. Um, I've been trying to do this for like four or five years. Literally, it has been a goal of mine. Um, I'm a big deer hunter i'm a big public land deer hunter i've always wanted to shoot a meal deer and this year the stars finally aligned um and i shot my first meal deer buck i shot a doe last year um just because the season we, we were coming to the end of the season um and but this year like i wasn't even gonna go in there i mean i've said it a couple times on a couple different podcasts given the story but that whole situation, um, I I won't forget that. Yeah. I'll, I'll be on my deathbed before I like. I'll I'll never forget that. Yeah, absolutely. And it it was, it was special. Like I don't know what else to say about yeah, it. Yeah, no. Like, yeah. Can't beat it, buddy. No, you can't. You can. You can. Apparently, beat it, with, beat it with a stick. Yeah. What do you mean I can feed it? You guys deer hunted for an hour and a half. It's <laughs> a rough life, man. Uh, I don't even know what he did with that. I think he just cut the horns off of it. Oh, I'm not sure. Bummer. He said that he said that he made some deer burger out of that deer. So, so when we shot it, gutted it, and all that stuff, like open that area, like they tend to get into. I mean, they get into alfalfa, corn. Mm-hmm. They eat, like, a lot of just random stuff, and, like, they tend to stink, like, real bad up there. I, like, mule deer just tend to stink. They do. I mean, mine mine wasn't, you know, pretty smelling deer. It was one of the more yeah. rank smelling deer I've ever shot in my life. So, normally, you got to hang them for a couple of days or three days and, you know, what it, you know, Air do out. its deal. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and we cut it up, and it didn't stink at all. Really? Like, he even cut... Like, normally you cut off. I think my wife's coming in. Oh, yep, she's pulling in. <laughs> Good um, Shay. Yeah, making all this noise, G-Shay. 
um, cut his nuts off and everything and just nothing. So my dad hung him up, cut him up and everything, and he said it was the best deer burger he's ever had. Hmm. So, oh, he's like, he didn't. So normally, in the past, what we do is we would grind through the deer, and we grind through bacon, and then grind them together. Yeah. And, like, it was amazing. I used to love that. It was so good. But he said he just made deer burger, and it was. Just straight deer? Yeah. He said it was one of the best burgers he's ever had, which, hey. That's awesome. I'm a big fan of just straight deer, but I like lean. I really do. Well, like I used to eat it all the time. So Shay's brother, it, he shot two or three deer, and like they they had a whole freezer full of it. Mm-hmm. And so like I was just moving to Lincoln, like was in college, everything. Shay's giving us a stink eye. What was that about? I don't know. Oh well, you're in trouble. What'd you do? Always something, buddy. <laughs> so, her brother had, like, this whole freezer full of deer, and her, had, her family, like, ate on it sometimes, but very rarely. And I was, like, a broke, broke college kid. Yeah. For, like, solid two, three years, that's all I had for meat, because they just kept giving it to me. I was, like, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> cheap cheap meat for me. <laughs> Let's go. So, hey, I haven't, it's a win. I haven't bought beef in four years. Straight up haven't. There you go. I need to kill an elk. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. That was too soon. No, no, it's too soon. Honestly, it's true because that cow that uh, Terrell shot last year, uh, we ate most of that in six months, so we were really trying to stretch it out. Yeah. (laughs) It's so good. It is fantastic. So speaking of that, if you haven't tried it, so a couple weeks ago, I brought home some elk burger, and what I did was I made the elk burger, crammed it with some cream cheese in the middle, and then put it on the grill on low. And Jeremy came in, and I told him what I made it, and he's like, I've never had that. I don't know if I'm going to like it. Yeah. So I made one with and one without, and he ate one, and I was like, so what do you think? He's like, dude, that was amazing. Yeah, I already told my dad about it, and I'm pretty sure we're <laughs> going to be doing that. And he was like, I'm surprised you've never done that before. I was like, well... In my head, I was like, that doesn't make any sense because I learned how to make burgers from you. But I was like, I don't know. I just never really thought of trying cream cheese. Yeah. But, yeah, it was phenomenal. I I was all about it. Mm-hmm. So I'll be doing that again. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so have I given a win yet? Yeah, you gave your first Okay, one. my band, my band. second wind. <sighs> This one's really hard. I kind of have a two for one. I'm just going to do one separate after you're done because it's, but like, okay, so my for, my second one would, my second one was just the amount of time I spent with my dad this year. I think we spent more time this year hunting than we have before in the past. Like normally I get a day or two with him here and there, but like I really got to enjoy some time with him elk hunting because I went out there like separately for you know, three or four days, and, like, it was just him and I and, like, one of his buddies and, like, just had a lot of him and I time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then being able to go with him, my brother and I, to go deer hunting, and, like, we didn't have success elk hunting. My dad ended up having having success getting an elk, and then us having success deer hunting. It was just, like, 
how do I say it? It was almost like a lead back in time to yeah. being a kid again and being like allowing a lot of the stress in my life that I've had this year, like mm-hmm. kind of just go away for the time and like just kind of remember my roots in kind of an odd sense. But like, yeah, it just, it did a lot more for me mentally than I even realized at the time. Yeah. Like I didn't even recognize how much it was such a positive thing for me. And like, yeah, that's a huge, that was a huge win for me this year. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's, I'll do a separate win. Um, just kind of an, just an, probably for both of us, but like this podcast has just been huge for me. Like you and I didn't start this podcast cause we want to be popular yeah. We didn't start it because we want to be famous or get a bunch of sponsors. Like we did it to talk hunting, talk life, talk to other people about yeah. hunting and life. And like, that's what it's done. And like, we both have made relationships outside of the podcast, talking about subjects with the podcast. Mm-hmm. And like, it just creates a lot of conversations with people that crap that we like to talk about. Yeah. So like, so yeah. Yeah, no, I completely agree, and that's kind of in a roundabout way, the same direction I was going to go with my second win. Yeah. I think probably one of the biggest things that I can take away from, especially the fall hunting seasons of 2021, branching out and meeting new people, <clears throat> making new friends. I'm not saying that I have issues with the people that I hunt with already, um, but like it was nice to be able to hunt with some people that kind of had the same passion level that I do and that like really had, especially in the waterfowl world, the same interests that I did. Yeah. Um, I mean, becoming really good friends with you, doing the podcast, getting to watch you shoot your first band, um, struggling through the season together, you know, doing that, hunting with Brad, hunting with Jared, eventually hunting with Eastside Jared as well. (laughs) Whenever that happens um jordan from good life uh i've been talking to him for over a year just nothing ever panned out super super good dude i you know i would hunt with him just about any day and i hope jordan if you listen to this holler at me ice fishing spring fishing i don't really care let's go do some fishing um but just being able to meet people and to branch out i'm really like i uh, i'm bad about branching out uh, it doesn't seem like it because I have such an inviting attitude. Um, but generally I wait for people to branch out for me yeah. to me. Um, so like it's hard sometimes for me to make those moves. Now, luckily, obviously a lot of these people I met were through you. So it's great to have that. But man, there's some, there's been some periods in my life where like people would be like, yeah, let's go hunting. And I'd be like, eh. Yeah. I do my own thing, kind of. And my biggest problem is for me personally about like connecting with people in that that aspect is like I have a hard time inviting someone unless I know it's going to be good. Mm-hmm. So if like I know I'm just going to go jack around, well, I invite somebody and like tell them that it's bad. Yeah. But usually it's like one of my buddies. Yeah. Like I'm going to go. Oh, I'm going to go pheasant hunting, Jeremy. Like I don't even know if we're going to kill anything, yeah. but like let's go. If it's somebody new, it's like, I don't, you know, what an idiot. It's my dog, Zeus. He's being a genius in the background, being himself. So, yeah. No, I completely get that. I got one buddy um, this year 
who um, apparently I have a ghost in here too because the door opened um, by itself. I got one buddy this year that really wanted to do a bunch of duck hunting, and I took him a couple times, but I basically every time had to be like, I don't even know if we'll shoot birds, and I felt yeah. bad, but like that's the way it was. And even then, my buddy Joe, he had a Wyoming tag for elk hunting this year and came and he had a really good time but he's so new to hunting and you know he got on that trip because you know i invited him and it's tough it can be tough to invite people when you don't think it's going to be good especially when they're new to the sport yeah but um so i i completely get that but i think what helped us a lot this year is like uh, you and me in particular, our friendship started back this last spring. Um, and like with the podcast and <clears throat> just talking about the upcoming season and it made it a lot easier. Cause like at that point I had a friend in you yeah. and like, even if I didn't know the people around us that well, or, you know, not that any of these people are like this. I liked everybody we hunted with this year, but even if I was like, not really sold on someone i at least had you that we could you know yeah you know talk or whatever but so that that's definitely um my second win uh i could make an honorable mention that like in the same breath as branching out i learned to hunt mostly with big game um i learned to go out and kind of do it myself sometimes even though I'm the person that knows what to do, I do like people go with me. And so I've kind of gotten in the last couple of years stuck in a rut of being like, um, I need somebody to go with me yeah. um, or else I won't go. But you know, this year I was like, eh, I want to get out and I want to do it, especially with how bad duck season was. Yeah. You know, I just really was interested in getting out and deer hunting. So I hear you, buddy. So what's your goal? My goals next year oh. I have a lot of them honestly I have more than two um, my big one at the moment coming up in the near future uh, is I'm my mind isn't flipping completely yet but I'm definitely planning turkey hunting I'm trying to get my revenge on that uh, along with that goal I'm trying to get a few other people into turkey hunting and especially those that are sitting across the table from me that have, you know, access to some primo turkey hunting land, but they don't use it because they're silly. But <laughs> I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> no, I'm just giving you a hard time. But, uh, yeah, turkey hunting. Uh, probably just going to piggyback off the plan that I had going into last spring um, that obviously was a wash. Uh, I want to hunt Nebraska. I want to hunt Kansas. Um, I don't talk about it a whole, I don't know if I've ever actually said it to you, but I actually would love to make a valid effort towards the 49th state for turkeys. Yeah. Um, and I definitely would like to one of these years at the very least get the, um, grand slam, which is an Eastern Miriam Rio and, uh, Osceola. Gotcha. So, um, so I'm just looking at hunting some different states, getting some other people into it, um, and just learning more about hunting out of state with for turkeys because it's again it's not something that I've ever done. 
Gotcha. But. Hmm. Number one goal. Kill more ducks. <laughs> yes and no. Like, I don't know that... How do I say this? I don't know that during it... Like, how do you do it? When you look, like, at duck season, and then when you look after duck season, your perception changes. Mm-hmm. When I'm during duck season, it drives me nuts about, about how many I'm killing. Mm-hmm. Looking back, it doesn't affect me that much. Yeah. So, my biggest thing is, and, like, you know, to get a little personal on the podcast is, like, my wife and I are talking about having kids in the next two, three years. Yeah. And the realistic part is when you make that transition, each family is different on how that transi- like transition looks like in the way your life changes. And for me, it's my wife's really cool. She's awesome. We got some grandparents. I think it is going to be a very healthy relationship between me hunting and my family. But I also understand that I'm going to have to give up some of that, that yeah. time. You know, just being, just being realistic. Yeah. Now, looking forward and knowing that's going to happen, I have really come to the understanding of I need to start doing some of the trips and some of the things that I want to do before I get there because it's going to happen. Yeah. And it's in some in some ways getting ahead of it and making plans. And so there's specific hunts that I've always wanted to do that and places I've wanted to go that I I've had the opportunity somewhat but like really making the intentional effort to get there so like last year was the last year the year before always wanted to pheasant hunt in South Dakota mm-hmm. okay got that done this year we're going to Arkansas hunting mallards in the timber and then speckle bellies in rice uh, in the rice fields so that's like one huge check off my list of that's just you know yeah now there are there's like some trips that are more you're it's a lot easier to make happen and then like big trips yeah our big trip next year is to go in november and go diver hunting on the great lakes so like i'm really looking forward to that and i just dude, i just can't wait for both i mean i can't wait for the arkansas hunt yeah because we're supposed to get a cold front next week Oh, that's true. And then the following week, we're going to be in Northeast Arkansas. Like, dude, you can't, you can't time it better. Like, if I don't even care if I just kill one, dude. Like, yeah. just come, one come through the trees and just see the whole like. I I'm gonna lose my mind. Like, I really am. Just like seeing that happen has been something that's like. So, and then killing a speckle belly. Like, I'm looking forward to that diver hunt like being in the layout boat i would love to go sea duck hunting i just don't know how i would do with like being seasick because i've been yeah. seasick but like being in a layout boat that's always something i want to do so like those are two big hunts that i've wanted to go on something like a few of them i want to go on is like an early goose hunt somewhere like minnesota or something north dakota something like that um and, the, you know, there are some other stuff that I want to do. It's just, like, being intentional to make that happen. Yeah. So, like, you know, I could probably make two, like, one big hunt and, like, maybe two smaller things I could do in a year. But, like, 
when I'm going to have kids, like, yeah, I'll probably be able to make one big hunt work. But, like, I mean, right now I'm hunting 40, 50 days a year, whereas I may be pushing 60, I guess, by if I turkey hunt, like, in May. But, like, being realistic, am I going to be able to do that when I have a kid? No. At least those first couple of years. Yeah. Well, it's just I'm just aiming for the worst, hoping for the best, and, like, just being realistic about what it's going to happen. And and I I don't mean to say this in, like, a negative, like, derogatory way. Like, I'm being realistic, but I'm understanding, like, family comes first. Yeah. And, like, eventually that that I'm hoping that kid likes to hunt and, like, we can be involved together. I'm sure they will. Yeah. But, like, it's going to be a positive... Um, God given grace. I never, you know, just it's going to be a positive thing. I'm have a kid. I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be amazing. It's just there's some parts of your life that you just do different things. Yeah. So I'm just making that making that change. Has a long tangent to say something eh. very simple. No, I'd... I'm going to let Zeus out. So go ahead and start on your first goal. Second goal. Yeah, second goal. Sorry. Uh, my second goal, honestly, I think it was shocky a touch. Um, not, not shock you. In light of some of the conversations that we've had the last couple of weeks, um, about waterfowl and some of the conversations that I've been having with people about deer hunting, especially public land deer hunting, uh, last couple of years, um, for 2022, one of my goals, and it's something I always talk about people should do, and but, like, you know, like, I'm pointing the finger at people, but uh, four of them are pointing back at me, you know, kind of thing, um, because I'm bad at doing it. I want to be more intentional about getting involved in, you know, meetings with the game and parks, figuring out why, you know, certain things are happening uh, the way they are, you know, I'm already planning on going to a lot of the big game meetings that are within reason of drive for me, which it looks like I believe there's five of them and it looks like I'm going to get to three of them and then I'll probably get in on the zoom as well. Gotcha. Um, but like, you know, just making sure that I'm voicing my opinions because, uh, I, I don't want to say that I, I'm not I'm not trying to make it sound like my opinion matters the most, but like sometimes I feel like I don't say enough and I've hunted a lot of areas in this state, both for waterfowl and for deer. Obviously we spent last week talking about a split here on the Eastern side of the state. And I've had several people message me and be like, Hey, that's, you know, that's a really good idea. One guy was like, how do you think we should realistically go about that? Um, I don't really know, you know, start asking questions with the right people. I'd love to get certain people on this podcast in the off season from the game and parks to talk to them about that kind of stuff. Just getting more involved, pushing what I think some people don't really want to say, or that like at least letting our opinions be heard. Um, cause it's just something that I always talk about doing it, but I never do it. And yeah. like, as as Nebraskans, especially when it comes to public land hunting, I feel like we are so like I don't I can't we are just so consumed by that this state is controlled by the private land. 
Yeah. And I think, I mean, I could go into a whole tangent about how I feel about deer hunting and that, like, personally at this point in this state, I think that public land and private land should be treated differently in that aspect. I think that something should be worked out so that the east side of the state could get a split for for duck hunting. I think that we should rework bag limits for a lot of species, waterfowl, upland game, even turkeys, and I love turkey hunting. Um, I just think there's a lot of things that I think that we should be preparing for the future as the downhill, it looks like, this this well, hill that we're cresting and going it's downhill just so, on. And, and kind of piggyback half what you're saying is like, I feel like a lot of our regulations, our season dates, and a lot of stuff is built on or built off of a history of hunting and we need to, instead of reacting to what's going on, be proactive to what's going it's to happen. Proactive. Is, but cause like, yes. you know, like, and I, talking about like duck hunting, we as hunters are much different than probably, I mean, my dad and my grandpa a lot, but like majority of hunters in the past hunted probably five to 10 days a year yeah. max. Mm-hmm. And th- like they did really well because there's a lot of ducks around. They didn't hunt all the time like we did. They didn't have the opportunity, the freedom yeah. to do so as much because I mean 20, 30 years ago, I mean you worked 60 to 80 hours a week just Plus to, you had a lot bigger family. Yeah, when you had bigger families, things were just different. And I think Nebraska's doing a bad job of catching up with the fact that it's a totally different uh uh, just group of hunters. It's a totally different hunting society throughout the state. Um, and I think we just need to do a better job of, uh, do a better job of pointing that out and making that scene and something done about it. I mean, for instance, like when it, a lot of this stems from the fact that I have a lot of opinions about deer hunting especially when it comes to public land, and I think some things need to change. And admittedly, uh, I'll, I'll, I'm not going to go into it on here. I'll tell you about it later, and maybe we can do a different podcast about it. But I had a not a like really bad argument with somebody on the hunting forum uh, while we were driving to Wyoming. But... We had a hunting, I had an argument with somebody on the hunting forum that kind of what you just said um, really makes a lot of sense. I mean, it's somebody who has talked about he's been hunting for a very, very, very long time. And, you know, it was this way 30 years ago. It's this way now. But he was okay with it going back to that way. And it basically was saying he's hunted through worse than he has, than it is right now. Yeah. Um, on public land and I just was like well but as hunters we shouldn't for public land in particular we shouldn't want that to go back to the way it was uh, for lots of reasons it's going to bring a lot less money into the state because people are going to quit hunting this state Yep. and I think that is happening with deer hunting I think that is really happening with upland game um, you might argue with me about upland game but I'd I think Nebraska is a sleeper state. Really? See, I think I think it can be a sleeper state, but I think it's overhunted and so it becomes I think we I just think we have too long of seasons at this point. 
I think, I think there's a lot of things that can happen. Like, I feel like pheasants could be a big podcast because I do have a lot of, like, yeah. I do have opinions about it. But, like, I want to make this clear to anybody who's, like, on here, like, listen to the podcast. We have opinions that we want to create the most opportunity for the most hunters to be successful. So, like, when we talk about this, it's not about just, like, talking bad and, like, being angry at the aim game parks. It's, like, we had these opinions that could make regulation changes that could benefit everybody so like we want to make a create a positive thing and and like when we talk to people and have conversations like i had a couple on facebook everyone's got an experience i want to hear your experience we want to talk about it we want to make these arguments but it's like everyone wants what's best for everybody and it's like okay we can all talk and come to a conclusion that's beneficial for everybody and i'm not trying to bash the people in the gaming parks I 100% understand that this is an extremely hard state to manage and to deal with on that kind of a level. And, like, you know, obviously in my head, I think I could, like, do some things differently that would help. But I don't see, I don't see, you know, the logistics of it. I don't, like, I don't have a degree in everything about all this. It's just opinions from my experience that I have watched, that we have watched yep. over the years of hunting, whether it's waterfowl, deer, turkey, upland game. It doesn't really matter. Like it's I, just... It was funny. So I talked to you about my opinion about the upland game. I said that to your... Like, I said the same thing to my dad. And, like, huh. you just see his eyes light up, like, that makes a lot of sense. Right? Like, oh. Like, okay. I was like, Yeah. Exactly. So and like, yeah. So we that, won't get on that tangent. That, yeah, right? I was that. to end it, my goal is just to get more involved, voice my opinions, try and bring as many people along with with their opinions, not just mine. Yeah. Like I want to hear everybody else else's opinions as well, but I really want to start pushing that because even though there are a lot of people that get involved in the game parks, I feel like. I just have this fear that we don't have enough people getting involved because, and like I'm pointing the blame at myself. That's why I'm saying I want to get better at it. But so, what's there your you second know. goal? What's my second goal? Uh, I have, I don't know. I have a couple, but like, I think that, and I don't know. I'm kind of blanking. I have a couple. But, like, this kind of ties itself into everything. But, like, I've just built – I I've struggled – I've struggled in my personal life with, like, work and everything going on. And, like, sometimes I allow hunting to be a positive thing and I allow it to, like, get after me because I'm competitive. Yeah. And then, like, I mix that with my faith in God and, like, mm-hmm. it's hard not to – it's hard not to – put the blame in the wrong spot. Like sometimes I just allow myself to get irritated over something like I, I scouted, you know, I'm just going to say I scouted two days for like four or five hours each. Mm -hmm. Didn't find a bird, went to roost that I knew the birds are always at nothing there. Scouted, you know, the least spot scouted out where we hunted. Like there's just nothing. Yeah. At this point I'm just irritated. And like we hunted that day shot the hand, and I came home, and I was just, real with you, I was just pissed off. Yeah. Just about everything. And, like, it's hard not to just be frustrated and pissed off about that. And then that blame goes off to everything. Like, you just, 
you, it just spans out to everything. It goes to your personal life with your, your wife. It can go out to your job. Like it just, my goal is for next year is to really take that next step and being like being able to deal with that realistically and say it is what it is. Like, yeah, you know, at least you have the extra time and the extra money to be able to go out and drive and go, you know, spend time with, you know, friends and family. And like, I think each year I get better about that, but like, it seems like every year there gets to a point where like something like that finally just like blows my lid. And like, I feel, I feel terrible about it afterwards. And like, you know, it's just one of those things. It's just like, it's, it's nobody's fault. It just, you know, they're wild birds. They do what they want. Like the weather is the weather. Like, what are you going to do about it? Like other than, driving to Arkansas and like you both know you don't got the time for that. <laughs> like right. <laughs> so it's just like I want to get better at that. Like I really do. And so, you know, I don't know how that looks like and each situation is different and how it plays out, but like there always seems to come to a point like recognizing that and being able to work through that without letting it get to me. Yeah. I mean I usually like I've been a lot better about not allowing anything get to me this year. I've I have personally enjoyed with the lack of success. I have enjoyed duck season more this year than I or hunting in general more this year and appreciated it more than I ever have in my my life. So like I take that as a win, but like I still want to be better because like I just I do yeah don't want to get there. It's a good goal. So yeah. Did you do two goals? Yeah. Okay. So, I look forward to goose season. Look forward to Arkansas. Yeah. Maybe turkey. I'm going to make you turkey hunt. As soon as you get back from Arkansas, uh, we're going to start shooting bows. I'm going to get you shooting your bow. I don't know, buddy. That's pretty early. I got a lot of goose hunting to do. Okay, but, like, you can go shoot your bow at the game parks. I know, but I like where it's warm and I don't have to freeze. It is warm in there. Oh, that's just true. They're indoor? Yeah. Yeah, I've been there. I'm not going to start having you shoot at like 60 yards. Okay, so like after February 9th. (laughs) Okay, we can wait till the end of goose season. Because I like, man. Well, I mean. Shooting those first three geese in the field, I just. Don't forget about your buddy when it comes to goose season. (laughs) I promise you. I told you like Sunday. I would go Sunday, but I I have plans. I love you too. But the. The blind is full up. There's like a guy and his kids we're bringing along. But next week, like, it's yeah, supposed to get. You have to let me know. I think I have a reasonably flexible week next week. So, the other thing, too, is like we get out in the evening. So, it's like easy to come with me and jump out and we'll go for an evening hunt. So, yeah. dude, it's. I'm excited for next week. Those geese finally, like, when it gets cold, they finally, like, get up and, like, go at a decent time in the, in the day. But Sunday. Ooh, they've been, I, I heard one guy was like outside his house and saw some of them get up in the morning at like nine 30 and out there, like when it's cloudy, they get up in the morning. Mm-hmm. So they fly in the morning a little bit and like, you can usually get into like a pretty good amount. And then the evening when it's cloudy, they get up like three 30. It's going to get naughty. going to get greasy. Greasy. <laughs> oh yeah. You have to let me know how you do. I'll see you buddy. I'll send you a few more bands that I got. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just kidding. But I tell you what, man that that bismuth folded that goose up. Yeah, Lost shot shells, baby. 
My brother, okay, so I called my brother. I was like, hey, like, if you want to check in, like, you got everything, you need shells. He's like, yeah, I got one box of goose shells. I was like, you only have one box. He's like, yeah, I went to Cabela's last night, and then I went to Shields, and nobody had anything. I was like, Adam? He's like, what? I was like, so when did I tell you to buy shells? <laughs> he kind of sighed, and he said, this summer. I was like, so I I end up bringing him a box of boss and I gave it to him and I was, he's like, what do I owe you? And I was like, that's basically a bar of gold at this point. So, yeah. Right. Like, yeah. <sighs> I told him that when we moved in that other house, you know, like September, October that he's going to help me move. Cause I got a lot of crap. Yeah, I don't look do. forward to moving all this. I'm not excited. Cause I'm sure I'll get roped into helping you too. <laughs> nah. <laughs> Except for, we'll see how long, hopefully I get enough, Saved up that I can finish the basement like quick, because if not, we're gonna be sitting in a basement. <laughs> That's right. I'll help you with the basement. I've done that before. <laughs> so, uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, I might be able to put it. No, Shay's never gonna let me put that in the office. I'm full crap. <laughs> uh, I think that kind of finishes up. Unless you got something else. I uh, I got nothing else. Perfect. So I just want to say at the end of this, as we get into the new year, guys. We've been going since what, like April, March, April, May, June, something like that. Yeah, some, I think we did the first one in April. End of April. So either way, the people who listen to this podcast, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to listen to this and talking to us. Um, obviously, we love the conversations we had with everybody. Um, really look forward to whatever this podcast becomes or whatever else. But I will tell you, next year is going to be full love. Uh, especially when you get into the spring, summertime, we're going to be doing a lot of interviews with uh, hopefully game parks, uh, friends and industry partners we've been working with, um, just a lot of people, just of all different walks of life, and just talking to them and getting to know them. Um, looking forward to next year and all the things that come with that too. So we appreciate you guys listening to this and, uh, if you guys ever have anything that you guys want us to talk about, please reach out because it's we love the feedback and it helps us yeah. play in future episodes. I was gonna say, I've, last week I've gotten like I don't know half a dozen people that have been reaching out and giving feedback and asking questions on what we should go over. Actually, probably almost could do a podcast on like responding to some of them. Yeah, because I've got a I mean I've got a couple of people that were like had follow-up questions on some of our podcasts, so maybe that's something we can talk I do, about doing. I, okay, I do have to admit this before we get going, is uh, kind of getting on a tangent, is I, I was talking to Jared in, like, Zone 4. I didn't realize this until he said this, was that, because normally Zone 2 is what we always hunt early mm-hmm. season. Zone 4 doesn't open up now until October 30th through the January 11th, which that change, like, made a huge difference in that zone because that's usually where we, like... That's where we mostly get the ducks at that show up late season. Like, they showed up last week, and, like, it actually gives us the opportunity to hunt them. So, like, I'm really excited about that. So, I will say, like, kudos to game parks. Did not realize that. I will say zone two could probably still, like, I still agree that there should be a split there. And I honestly think that zone four could be a split because I think that there are early birds that they could hunt earlier in the season. So, like, I think they could use a split, but, like, there again, like, I'm happy about the opportunity. Did you, uh, did you do the survey? 
waterfowl survey? Yes. Uh, yeah, I ran through everything with zone two, and all they wanted to talk about was just pushing it further back. I wouldn't do that. Yeah, see, that's hard because zone two is where you kill a lot of birds in October. Zone two, I would much rather hunt earlier than later. Yeah. But that's just me. Much rather hunt it earlier, have a good split, and then have the potential for later. Yeah, that's it's it. Yeah, what he can do. Yep. So, all right, everybody, appreciate it. Thanks, everybody, that's been on Instagram Live. We really appreciate you guys tuning in as well as the podcast. So, look forward to. We're trying to figure out how to do like put it on YouTube or video more, do like live stuff. So we're trying to get that sorted out. So appreciate you guys' patience and kind of look forward to adding more to the podcast content creation. So, mm-hmm. all right, guys, appreciate it. Have a good New Year's. Have, have a safe New Year's Eve. <laughs> Go out, have a good time. Anybody that's out there goose hunting, send us some pictures because we'd love to see it. So, all right, guys, thanks for tuning in to the Big Red Hunters podcast, and have a good night.